Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. I, uh, I've kind of missed being up here a little bit lately um, through the holidays. I, I kind of missed some opportunities. I mean, we had great people speaking and great messages, but, but I missed being up here. And so it's good to be with you. And, and I just, I'll tell you what, that last song, um, singing about the goodness of God, would anyone today just say God is faithful? God is good? That is a, man, that's, that's the best response I think we've ever gotten. Good job. Man, I, I want to just take a second and say, um, God, is, God is good in my life. Um, God is good in his church. And, and I want to just celebrate something. Yesterday was the first day of Upward Basketball. And Upward Basketball happens every year at this church, January and February. And we have all these people that come in and practice through the week. And then they play games on Saturdays. And it's just a great opportunity <clears throat> excuse me, for us to... Uh, reach out into our community and just meet people and, and offer this great facility as a place for people to come and, and play basketball. And, and it's just such a great thing. I, I got to just say, God has been so faithful. And, and I know you probably know that we added on to our building in the last year. If you haven't ever gone back and checked out the new uh, youth space facility, um, Korean worship place. Like you, you need to go back and check it out. It is so nice. And there was kind of a threefold vision with it. One was that our youth would continue to grow and they would have a great place to grow and worship. The second thing was that we have, I don't know if you guys are aware, but we have a Korean church that's meeting right now um, in the Korean language. They're, they're having their service and it, it meets back there. So it gives them a place to grow. But then the third part was that it's a place for the community that they can come in those doors and have this nice gathering space and then go into the gym or, or that space. And it, it's just a, it's a great place. And I just want to say, praise God um, that, that we have that ability. Praise God. I mean, I love coming to this church. Sometimes I'm just, I drive by and I'm just like, I love this place. It's not just this place. It's you all. It's God's people. This is a great place and God is good. And I just want to say once again, thank you um, because God's goodness, it, it flows through us. And one of the reasons we're able to have this great facility, this great new addition, is that you guys are faithful in giving. We, we need to just celebrate for a second because December was a great, great month uh, of your faithfulness in giving. And, and we are just blessed. I don't like talking about money. I try not to talk about money too much. Um, but you guys are so faithful, and that's because God is good. And so thank you. Um, for your giving. We, we, we love um, to, to be a part of the kingdom and experience that, and so thank you. Um, today, we're going to, as we jump into 2023, last week we did, we started this new series called the B Attitudes, and you might notice that, that it's written a little bit different. You've got B in parentheses because the B Attitudes, it's, it's from the Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon that Jesus um, gave his disciples and others, and this idea of the B Attitudes, it's not a list of things that you need to go out and do. It's a list of things, characteristics of who we are, who we would be as followers of Christ. And so the reason we're calling it be attitudes is because this is about who we should be. And it's not, Dale did a good job talking last week about this is not something that, that we go out and make happen. This is the Spirit of God working in us to transform us into who we were created to be. And so I, I, this is who we are. The true follower of Christ will live out the Beatitudes, not by trying, but by knowing and being transformed. So you guys see there's this green um, wristband on my wrist. This is the Beatitudes 
wristband. There are some on the back tables. These are here for you. They're free, and we want you to take one. And the reason we want you to take one is this is a reminder for you every day uh, that who you're supposed to be, who God has created you to be, and, and what the Spirit is doing in your life. This reminds us. And so, a uh, 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 real quick story. I need a reminder. Do you guys need reminders? I'm pretty good at forgetting things. Uh, when I lived in South Carolina, I've had this lifelong battle with soft drinks. I know I shouldn't drink a lot of them, but I love them so much. And I always try to stop drinking soft drinks, and it never works. Uh, right before the new year, I was like, I'm going to get a jump start on this. And I quit drinking soft drinks for a day and a half. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! And then uh, New Year's Eve, we had buffalo chicken dip, and it was like, I can't do that without a Coca-Cola. <laughs> but anyway, when I, lived in, when I lived in South Carolina, this one time, I was like, I'm going to quit drinking soft drinks. And so I went three months, that's a long time, three months without drinking any soft drinks, which is a big deal for me. And one night, I went to the movie theater, and I, I was watching a movie, and I was like, you know, I need a snack. So I went out, and, and I bought a Coke and some popcorn. I sat down, and I took a drink, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm, what did I just do? I've gone three months and I just ruined it. I need a reminder. We need reminders. And so that's what this is. This, please take one, wear it. It's just a reminder of what God's doing in your life, who we are, who we're supposed to be, and who God's transforming us to be. And so we're in the B attitudes. Dale started us off last week with verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and Dale talked about this. This isn't about what we can do. This isn't about our power because in, in that very text, in that very scripture, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means we are incapable. We are not able in our own power to be who God created us to be. The Christian faith, walking as a follower of Christ, is not about rolling up your sleeves and getting it done. It's about allowing the Spirit to transform you. I, I'm going to tell, tell you this right here. You may not want to admit that you're poor in spirit, but whether you admit it or not, we are all helpless and broken before God. There's not a person in here, no matter how many times you've come to church, no matter how many times you've read your Bible, you cannot produce salvation and sanctification and holiness. Only the work of God can do that in your life. And so blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's who we are. We are poor in spirit. We acknowledge that. Today's text um, flows right out of that. It's in verse 4, so I'm going to have you stand with me. We like to stand for the reading of God's Word. Um, I want the Word to speak to you today. It is a really short verse here. So, so let me read this to you, verse 4. You can follow along on the screen. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You can have a seat. Thanks for standing in honor of God's word. My prayer is that God will speak to you, not just today, but every day through his word. And part of the reason we stand, I know it's kind of crazy when you're just reading one verse, but part of the reason we stand is because we believe God's word is living and active. And so we want to hear from God today. You don't need to hear from me you need to hear from God through his word. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This, this is kind of a, these beatitudes are weird, aren't they? How is it that we would be blessed if we're poor in spirit? How is it that we're blessed 
when we mourn. I feel like we've kind of started this year off um, kind of in a place of, of mourning here in the church. Um, on Friday, we had the funeral for um, Carolyn Muse, who was a, a longtime member of the church and a staff member here. When I first moved here in, in uh, 2001, she was on staff. And when I worked here from 2003 to 2004, she was on staff. And then she was here when I got back. And, and Carolyn led the senior adults and did a lot of things. She was a, just a spiritual. I said this during um, the, the service. I said, she's just a spiritual giant. Like, I would put her there in Scripture with, with any of those heroes of the faith. She's a hero of the faith. And, and we had her service on Friday, and, and we grieve that. And there's another great hero of the faith, uh, Dr. Flint, or Lowell Flint, um, you may know him. He was, he was a pastor for a lot of years, and then he served here for over, uh, over a decade. I don't know how many years it, it, it has been, but, but he served here as, as our finance guy. And was not just a finance guy, but was a pastor, was, was just a, a hero of the faith. And, and he's in hospice care, and in the last few days... He just looks like he's getting pretty close. And so I just feel like, you know, starting out 2023, I just feel like we're kind of in this place of like, man, that's heavy. Like, I love this church, and part of the reason this church is what it is is become, because of what God's done through some of these heroes of the faith. But, but this says, blessed are those who mourn. That's tough. Mourning is, is, is a sense of lostness. It's a sense of incompleteness, it's a sense of brokenness, a sense of, of helplessness. I'm going to guess that just about everybody in here, if not everybody, has experienced some level of mourning in their lives. And, and Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. Just this last week, we were kind of front row to this, weren't we? Here in Cincinnati, we were front row to kind of a moment that just kind of shook the sports world and beyond, and it just was this moment of like helplessness, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, like watch the news every once in a while. <laughs> so what happened was on Monday night, the Bengals were playing uh, the Buffalo Bills, and early on in the game, there, uh, a, a receiver got, one of the Bengals receiver was tackled by Damar Hamlin, who um, is a safety on the Bills, and, and he got up. Um, DeMar Hamlin did, and all of a sudden he collapsed to the field, and it was just this moment where, where everybody knew something was wrong instantly, and, and the paramedics rushed out on the field and did CPR and all this stuff, and, and I mean, Monday night, we've had so many Monday night football games, I've watched so many games in my lifetime, and I've never seen anything like it, it was just this moment of like, something's broken, something's messed up, something's wrong. I've seen people get hurt before in football, that happens every game, but this was, it was just different. And if you were watching, I mean, it was, it was kind of incredible. Like they cut over to the, the studio broadcast and these, these analysts who get paid to do it were just sitting there like broken and helpless. They were in tears on national television, just crying. One of them prayed on ESPN. One of them actually prayed to God on ESPN. We were in a place of helplessness and brokenness. And even for the casual fan, like I felt that. So we had this front row seat to this, this moment of, of helplessness. And what's going to happen? We have no control here. Jesus says, blessed are those that mourn. 
I don't know about you, but that's just, that seems strange to me. I mean, at our most broken, helpless place, how can we be blessed? We, we equate blessedness to, you know, the good things in life, to having what, the, the good things. A good, you guys love a good meal, right? And you feel blessed when you eat a good meal. You guys love, uh, you know, a nice car or a, a good experience. And like we think, sometimes we say that, we, think, we say God's blessing us because everything's good. But, but listen, this says, blessed are those who mourn those who are broken, who are helpless, who are hurting, who are lost. So three words that I want to focus on through this. The first one is that word blessed. And Dale talked about this a little bit last week. But that word blessed, it really could be translated better as like maybe, oh, the blessedness of mourning. Or another way you could say it, which is a really weird thing to say, is congratulations, you're mourning. And that feels wrong, doesn't it? But Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I mentioned that we've all experienced, um, you know, mourning. I'm, I'm sure some of us have experienced it very deeply, and some maybe on smaller things. But I want you to know that, that the first word I want to look at today is, is that, that word, um, or the second word I want to look at is that word mourn. First is blessed and then mourn. And that word mourn is not just this like casual mourning. It's not just like, oh, I, I lost something. This is, the, the word is pantheo and it is, the idea is it's the strongest form of it. It's like when you are completely and utterly lost, you are completely and utterly helpless. Like this is the lowest of the low in mourning. And Jesus says, blessed are you, congratulations, when you mourn, because you will be comforted. How can that be? How can we be blessed in mourning? Well, I mean, one of the answers, I'll give you this one, but then there's so much more. Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So one reason that we're blessed in our lowest, most broken places is because the God of the universe is close to us. I, I was thinking about this, and when there's, a, when there's a tragedy or a major catastrophe in the United States, what happens? The president usually comes to the place of the tragedy or the, the brokenness. The president comes and brings his presence to try to steady things and to try to show confidence, right? And, but, so so I, I was thinking about this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. It, this is so much different than that. Because when the president comes, you're still not getting close. They're still shutting down the roads and putting up ropes and all that, right? The president isn't coming to be close to us. And, and let's be honest, there's probably some political stuff happening there. But I want you to hear this. The Lord is close. The God of the universe, when you are at your lowest point, when you are mourning at the deepest level, the God of the universe is close to you, loves you, is with you, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's one reason you're blessed, because the, the, the God that created all this loves you enough that when you're hurting and broken, he's with you. But, but this verse is talking more about more than just moments of mourning. It's talking about a lot more than just moments of blessing. 
Uh, once again, the Beatitudes are about where we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be. And, and what Jesus is saying is, blessed are the poor in spirit. As followers of Christ, we should acknowledge that we can't do this on our own. We are utterly helpless without God. So blessed are the poor in spirit. But then Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. In other words, we're not just supposed to, this isn't about like, hey, you walk through life and every once in a while you go through a low point and God blesses you. What this is saying is that when you acknowledge that you are completely broken and helpless, you are poor in spirit, then that will cause you to mourn. That will cause you to cry out. That will cause you to be in a state or a place of mourning. Let me say this. As a follower of Christ, we should continually live in a state of mourning over the poverty of our spirit. Now, let me be really clear on this. We, we should be consistently mourning. What I'm not saying is this. I'm not saying as followers of Christ that we should walk around and we should be Debbie Downers all the time. I'm not saying as a follower of Christ you should walk around depressed and defeated and, and just, you know, always just this terrible person to be around. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is, as a follower of Christ, we should acknowledge continually that we can't do it. Even after we, you know, come to church and after we get into the, even when we do all the stuff and we, we lead a group or we lead a prayer, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we've figured it out and we're good. We continually live in a place of mourning because we understand that apart from the grace of God... We've got nothing. We've got nothing. Maybe a better word would be broken desperation. Um, when we realize our spiritual poverty apart from Christ, it should lead us to just live in a place of mourning. Not depression, not defeat, but mourning. Acknowledging our helplessness and crying out. So uh, we, got our, we got our college students I, I apologize to the parents for what I'm about, the story I'm about to tell, um, but I want, I, I want to talk about when I was in college, and I want you to know that uh, I am not perfect. You probably have figured that out, haven't you? Thank you for not amening. That's really nice of you. Uh, when I was in college, I, I spent um, three years at Treveca there in my last year, um, so I'm, I'm a senior at Treveca, Nazarene University, and I was at the end of it. This is my second semester of my senior year, I mean, I was like just about done. I was gonna graduate and be done with it. And I got, I had this class. <clears throat> it was called Pastoral Care and Counseling. <laughs> I'm so sorry to admit this to you. I had Pastoral Care and Counseling, but the problem was Pastoral Care and Counseling happened at 8.30 in the morning on Tuesday and Thursday. And if you know anything about me, you know that I am not a morning person. I'm a night owl. And so in college, it was pretty bad. And 8.30 in the morning, my last semester of school, I'm just getting ready to graduate. 8.30 in the morning, I have pastoral care and counseling. And I'm telling you, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And so at Treveca, um, they, there's, a, there's a rule that you can miss three weeks of class before you get what's called disenrolled, meaning you're, you're pretty much kicked out of the class. You fail. You're done. And so Tuesday, Thursday class, that's two a week. You get three weeks. So, so I could miss six classes, and then after my sixth, technically they're allowed to just kick me out 
and boom, I'm gone. And so um, college students, don't be like me. <laughs> Trust me, it's not worth it. <laughs> so uh, halfway through my last semester, my senior year, um, I had missed nine of my pastoral care and counseling classes. That's three more if, you, you know, if you're not a math person. <laughs> then you're allowed to miss without being kicked out. And so I came to this place one day that I realized like, man, I have really, really blown it. I mean, I have really messed up. I am, I, I, I am, I am incapable of doing what I need to do. And I, I came to this place where I just knew that I was helpless. And here I am, my last year of school, and I'm thinking I'm gonna have to come back and take another class just because I can't get myself to get up in the morning. Like, how ridiculous is this? How bad am I? And I'm, I just came to this place that I was like, I acknowledged, like, I, I've messed up. I, it wasn't a one-time thing. I mean, and I came to this place that I was completely helpless and broken, and I knew that I was in big trouble. So what did I do? I, I didn't try to fix it. I didn't try to pretend. I didn't try to make excuses, because I knew it. it. It was my fault. So I went to my professor, and I said, hey, uh, I won't say his name, because uh, the rest of the story is pretty funny, but I um, went to my professor, and I said, hey, I, I've really blown it, and I know it. I know I don't have a leg to stand on here, and I know that you have the right to kick me out, and if you want to do that, please just do it, and I'll start making plans for next semester. And, uh, and my professor, so I'm just throwing myself at the, at the mercy of the professor, and he said, you know what, just stick it out, come to class every day, do your homework, you'll be good. And I said, okay. So every day, showed up, 8.30, did my homework, and guess what? He failed me. <laughs> So I'm sorry to admit that your pastor failed pastoral care and counseling at Trevecca Nazareth University, but here's the good news in it. I got to take it again. So where some people only get one semester of care and counseling, I got two, so I feel like that's a bonus, right? But seriously, I came to this place of like, what have I done? I mean, I'm just, I'm a loser. Like, I've blown it. I have literally, I just, I came to this place of brokenness and helplessness, and there was nothing I could do. I, even now, I mean, as much as I don't like what happened, that I had to go to class the rest of the semester and then got failed, like, I deserved it, right? But blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are broken, who are helpless. When we realize that we just can't do it, that we've missed it, that we're broken, it should lead us to that place of helplessness and mourning. But the problem is we, we struggle with this. Do you struggle with mourning? Does anyone else in here struggle with mourning, with feeling helpless or broken or lost? I do. And we as a society, I mean, listen, I don't care if you raise your hand or not. We struggle with mourning. We struggle with acknowledging our brokenness, our emptiness, our helplessness. You know how I know this? Because I know that some of you walked into church today and you're hurting and you're really feeling it. And when someone said, how are you? You said, I'm fine and moved on. And I know that our culture every step of the way teaches you that you've got to be strong enough to get through and to roll your sleeves up and even in the most difficult times, just push through it. That's what, that's what our culture, the church culture has... Did you know that, like, you, you guys know I confess to you things all the time, and that's not really normal. And there have been a lot of years in the church where it was not okay for a pastor 
to confess that they weren't perfect. You know why that is? Because we want to think our pastors are perfect and they, they've got it all together. And I, Can I just tell you, like, if, it, if, if the future of this church is dependent on my abilities and my skills and my ability to be up at 8.30 in the morning, like, <laughs> we're in trouble, guys. I'm, I'm not joking. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm not joking. If it's up to me, we're done for. But it's not. Blessed are those who are empty, who are helpless, who are broken. Why, why do we struggle? Because Why do we struggle to mourn? Because mourning means we're acknowledging that something's lost or something's dead. We don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit that we're dependent. Way too often, we fall short of mourning. We, we don't go to that place because we feel like we've got to have it together. We feel like, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. I shouldn't be feeling this mourning or this emptiness or this helplessness. But Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. I, I was struggling with this all week. Um, I, I know you guys might be shocked to hear this, but I don't mourn well. You guys think you cry here every week, like I'm like a continual mourning here up here, but I really don't mourn well. And, and honestly, for, for years, if I lost something or if something difficult happened in my life, I felt this need to be strong and be a, a spiritual rock and just push my way through it. I'm, I'm not, you guys have probably seen this with me. Maybe after my mom passed away, some of you came and just said, Alex, I'm so sorry. And you know what my response probably was? Hey, it's all right. God is good. Everything's fine. You know, and I like to put on this face because I'm not good at mourning. When things don't work out perfectly in the church, listen, I, I want to be the rock. I want to be a guy who's got it all together and has all the answers, but the truth is I don't. And I'm pretty good at putting on a face, but I, I'm not good at mourning. And this week, all week, I was, uh, I was struggling with how do I get up and preach a message on blessed are those who mourn when I'm not good at mourning? How am I going to do that? And this really cool thing happened. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday night, I don't remember which night it was, I was... I was listening to uh, sermons. I often listen to just other people's sermons just to hear, you know, how they, you know, I'll read commentaries and then I'll listen to sermons just to get ideas. And, uh, and, and that night I was sitting in my living room at 12.30 a.m., struggled all week with how am I going to preach this? How does this work? And I'm sitting there at 12.30 a.m. and I'm sitting in my living room and I'm listening uh, to a message, a sermon on my phone on YouTube. So it's the pictures there. But I'm honestly, like, I was halfway paying attention to this sermon. I'm, I'm not telling you I was doing some perfect thing. Like, I was halfway listening to a sermon on my phone. The, the sermon was from uh, Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands down, I think it's in Alabama. And uh, this was the first time I'd ever listened to one of his sermons. And I was just kind of casually listening, thinking, like, you know, just just listening to what he was saying. And and all of a sudden, he said in his sermon, he said, you know, God spoke to me this week. You've heard pastors say that, right? God spoke to me this week, and he told me something that's for one of you. And he said, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to put it up on the screen. 
And here I am sitting in my living room, 12.30 a.m. Charlie, was, Charlie falls asleep every night on the couch. That's the easiest way for him to fall asleep. So, and then whenever I'm ready, I wake him up and send him upstairs. So, so my, uh, my eight-year-old son is laying on the couch right here next to me asleep. And at 12.30 a.m., I'm halfway listening to the sermon. And this pastor says, I, I heard something from God, and I believe it's for one of you. And I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to put it up on the screen. And so I look down. And on the screen, it says, this isn't anything super profound, guys. It says, I've got this, God. I don't think I've ever experienced this before, but when I looked down and saw those words, I started shaking and tears started pouring down my face because I understood that this was the Holy Spirit speaking to me at 12.30 a.m., halfway listening it wasn't that I had the perfect plan, that I did the right thing to make myself more. No, I was just halfway listening to a sermon and God spoke to me and said, I've got this. I know you're not good at mourning, but I've got this. Trust me completely. And for the next hour, two hours, I just mourned before God. I mean, I just opened my heart and let it all out. The loss, the pain, and, and listen, sometimes when you hear me speak, I know that you might think like I'm, I'm in this bad place. I don't want you to think that God is good, God is faithful. It's not that I've been living in this place of deep sin or that my life is falling apart. I just struggled to mourn. And at 12.30 a.m., God said, hey, I got this. And I sobbed. I mean, my, I, I thought I was going to wake my son up. I sobbed before God. He said, I've got this. We can't experience God's full blessing if we're not fully surrendered and broken and open before him. Sometimes my mistake is I, I know the truth. I, I knew it all along. I know that when I say, hey, it's all good, it's because I trust God. It's because I, it's not something new. It's not like I have doubts or anything. It's just that I hadn't come to a place for some of the stuff of complete. Here it is. I got nothing, God. I'm helpless. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I'm mourning. And God said, I've got this. And spoke to me. So, uh, so, so how, does, how does this work? Well, let me, let me tell you this. Well, let me say this before I move on. Like that, that hour, two hours, whatever it was of sobbing and mourning, I want you to know that it wasn't depression. And it wasn't defeat. It was blessing. Oh, uh, can I just tell you... I, I, Honestly, maybe three times in my life, I've experienced that level of feeling like God was like, he didn't say something to me, but like, I've, I've never before just physically shook. I had the blessing of the almighty God who loves me and cares for me, being close to me and speaking to me. So how does this work? I told you there's three words. The first is blessed. The second is mourn, pantheo, the deepest level of mourning and sorrow. With the third word, it goes in that second line. It says, for they shall be comforted. 
for they shall be comforted. When you are at your lowest, when you are at your most broken, when you are completely helpless, you are blessed. Congratulations. Oh, the blessedness of being in that place because you will be comforted. This is really cool. I read this. uh, Stephen Manley, who's a Nazarene preacher, he's one of the best preachers I've ever heard. He wrote a book on the Beatitudes and and, um, and he pointed this out. I think it's so amazing. The words, um, they shall be comforted. The word used there is the word parakleo. They shall be comforted. This is a really cool word because it's not just used in this place. Jesus used words like this quite a bit. In fact, in John 14, um, yesterday, this, this was, or Friday, this was the text for uh, Pastor Carolyn's funeral. John 14. Jesus says, and he's getting ready to leave his disciples, and he's giving them peace and comfort. So he says this in John 14, verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, depending on what translation you read, comforter, another comforter, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. This is really cool. Jesus is leaving his disciples. He's spent three years with them. He's poured into them, and he's leaving them. And he says, don't worry about it, because I'm going to ask the Father, and the Father's going to send another comforter, another counselor, another advocate. In other words... This is the very spirit of Jesus. I'm leaving in the physical form, but you are going to be filled with the very spirit of God, of me, that will be with you forever. Guess what that word is? The word is paraclete. So blessed are those who mourn at their deepest level, for they will experience paracleo. Jesus says you have the paraclete, the comforter the advocate, living in you forever. Do you, do you get the, the beauty of this? See, see, it's not just about moments. And I know this is a weird beatitude and it's a weird sermon to say, blessed congratulations when you're at your lowest, when you realize you got nothing, you can't do anything, you're helpless, congratulations. You have the paraclete, the comforter, the advocate living in you today. So here's the idea of this. It's not like you're going to walk through life and everything's going to be here, but then you're going to just, you're going to experience some real lows and that's when God's going to bless you and send the paraclete to paracleo, comfort you. That's when you experience the blessing. No, listen to this. We should live consistently in a place of understanding our poverty, our spiritual poverty and brokenness, that we can't do it, that we're helpless before God. Two things are constant here. Number one, you will continue to be helpless before God. No matter how many Bible studies you attend, no matter how many times you attend church, no matter how many things you memorize, you are helpless before God always on your own. But the second thing, you are filled with the very spirit of Jesus Christ who gives comfort and peace. 
Listen, today, I, I don't want to call you to do anything. Dale did a good job of this last week. This isn't about something you do. Today, this is about the fact that it's who we are. Blessed are you when you are helpless, poor in spirit. Blessed are you when you mourn, when you're completely broken. You have the comforter. Today, you may not be going through a place of like mourning through situations, but today I want you to know that we are all helpless before God. But today, the good news is this. The paraclete, the comforter, lives in each and every one of us. So the worship team is going to come up, and we're going to sing a song, just give me Jesus. And listen, I'm not trying to create anything here. This isn't about what we do. This is not, this is not something, hey, go work harder at morning. That's not what this is. What this is, is oh, the blessedness of those who acknowledge their spiritual poverty, who, who are spiritually broken and helpless and mourn before God, for they have the comforter. Today, I don't want you to do, you do whatever it is that you feel like God's leading you to do. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to pray, whatever it is, I just, let's just be open before God. Let's just allow him to do what he wants to do, to transform us, to change us, Let's sing this together. Father, we love you. We pray that you would speak to us right now in Jesus' name.